Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck Podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute. Yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. This is like catching a big brown trout on the White River. I've always wanted this. Give me the hogs, Chuck. Jefferson's gone all the way at quarterback. Green gets the call. He's got room inside the 25, inside the 20. Green's going to the house. Touchdown, Arkansas. Well, finally, it's game weekend. Finally, after all this talk about the coming football season, we have arrived. The Razorbacks set to open their season at high noon War Memorial Stadium Saturday afternoon against the Western Carolina Catamounts. Stepping out of the FCS to take on an SEC team in their opener. K.J. Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, all these new players. We're going to begin to see the story unfold Saturday at noon at War Memorial Stadium. It's going to be a little bit later in the month, I suspect, before we get a full picture. But it's going to be nice to have college football. It's nice to get it all underway. There were some games last night. There are going to be a lot more on Saturday. And uh, I think everybody's just looking forward to the feel of a college football season. We kind of got a taste, if you want to use that term, last weekend, but it'll be the real thing this weekend and should get better as we go along. Now today, as we begin on the Gimme the Hawks Chuck podcast presented by Wanker Realtors, the Griffin Company, we're going to get a chance to do something we don't always get to do, and that's visit with the opposing team's head coach right here at the doorstep of the season opener. Kerwin Bell is in his third year as the head coach of Western Carolina. He's had quite a football life. Um, He and I are about the same age, if you want to know the truth. He might be a year or two older. I remember when he played at the University of Florida. Uh, You know, Florida was in the pre-Spurrier days back then. And he was playing for a team that wasn't anything like what we came to know Florida to be while the ball coach was there. But he was a good player. He was one of the better players in the Southeastern Conference and ended up playing professionally for a long time and got into coaching and just kind of morphed into, um, you know, at the FCS level, um, a guy that's been an offensive guru, uh, coached at Jacksonville University, won a Division II national championship or an FCS, whatever they call it now. He won that national championship at Valdosta State. Um, His son's his offensive coordinator. They throw it all over the place. They're an exciting team to watch. And I suspect by the end of this year, we will look back and say Arkansas in their season opener played one of the better FCS programs in the country. Now, is that to say it's, you know, the equivalent of – playing even a Cincinnati, for example, like they, uh, like they did last year? Well, obviously not. But uh, I do think by the end of the year, Western Carolina will have won eight or nine games. At any rate, we're going to have an opportunity to visit with uh, Kerwin Bell coming up in just a few minutes, and we'll uh, kind of update you on Arkansas's injury situation. Who's going to play? There may be a guy or two that we don't see in the season opener, and uh, we'll hear from Coach Pittman about that. 
You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. First, before we visit with Coach Bell, I want to talk to those of you who are buying or selling a home. Really, I want to talk to you about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. As you've heard me say many times, I've partnered with them to buy or sell a home. Let's talk about when you are going through the selling process. Does your realtor sit down with you and go through his plan or her plan to sell your home? If they don't do that, there's generally two reasons. One, they don't have a plan, or two, they don't want to be held accountable. One of the things that I loved about Weicker Realtors of Griffin Company was when it came time to sell the home, we sat down and we strategized. Actually, they strategized and they told me what they were going to do. It made sense to me. And as it turned out, it was exactly on point. And, you know, I went through the buying process with them as well. It was very similar. They wanted to know my goals, you know, and it wasn't just about, I've got a house over here that I can get you into this house for this price. They listened to me first about what I wanted, and then they formulated a plan. That's really important. Lines of communication are important. It's really what makes a professional a professional. That's, to me, what separates Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, from everybody else. That was my experience, and I think that'll be your experience, too. They've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith. They're servicing Missouri now out of their office in Branson, and you can always log on to WeikertGriffin.com. Give me the hogs, Chuck! Fall season is just around the corner, and I know all of us are looking for that wholesome, convenient meal. We'll look no further than Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They can help you with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered right to your door. And right now, use the code HTL50. Head to Factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. That's code HTL50 at Factormeals.com. To get 50% off, thanks to hit that line. The great thing about Factor, over 34 weekly prepared meals that you can choose from. Plus, you don't have to run around to worry about where you're getting lunch. Let Factor take care of it for you. Let me tell you the code one more time to help you get 50% off. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factor. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Motorcycle riders of America say, give me the hogs, Chuck. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Well, we are indeed very pleased to be able to visit with Western Carolina head coach Kerwin Bell. We don't always get to do this, but Coach Bell's been very generous with his time. And Coach, first welcome and thank you. And in doing our research on Western Carolina, you look at the win totals from two years ago to last year and the promise of this year, it, it sounds like things are headed in the right direction for you. Yeah, we think so. You know, we um, we got here a couple of years ago and didn't even have a spring ball. Got here after spring um, with the COVID situation. And um, 
jumped in and had a good class and uh, uh, used sort of our connections that we have to the state of Florida and Georgia um, to, to really get some good players. You know, the portal's been good for some people as far as transfers. We've got a few that, you know, we used to fill in if we needed a veteran at a certain spot, but for the most part, we said, hey, let's go young uh, with the connections. There's lots happened, you know. Think about it. All the schools now, instead of getting maybe using 20 of their scholarships each year for, for high school kids, they're using only maybe 10, and the other 10, they're, they're getting transfers. So what that does, that's left a lot of young, talented players out there on the, on the high school level available, and we feel like we, you know, that's really helped us turn this roster over. I think we've turned over 100 of the 120 players on our roster the last two years, and um, you know, two years, two four seven had us the number one class in the SoCon. Uh, I think we were third in the nation last year in FCS football with our with our class. So, uh, bringing in a lot of talented kids. They're young, uh, you know, a bunch of freshmen and sophomores right now. And, and um, but you know, we feel like we're on the right track to build this thing into a championship program. You know, I'll just jump ahead to recruiting. I, I wanted to get into that a little bit later, but you brought it up, so I'll just go there now. It, it is noticeable when you look at your roster, the number of players from Florida, the number of players from Georgia, your background at Valdosta, having played at Florida, having grown up in that state. How vital has that been to what really from the outside looking in has been a pretty quick turnaround? Well, it's been good. You know, one of my first college jobs was Jacksonville University in Jacksonville, Florida. So, you know, being a former player there back in the 80s and then just being around the state of Florida, grew up there. I've got a lot of connections down, you know, in Florida and, and in South Florida. And so, you know, then being a coach at JU and then that Valley State, well, we went, we sort of went there in 2016 and we recruited a big class there that really helped us win a national championship two years later, a Division II national championship in 2018. And a lot of those kids were from Florida, um, and they went on and had great careers there. And, uh, you know, so we just – we got here, and, um, you know, the team was 1-10 or something like that the year before. And, you know, I'm sure people in North Carolina is probably telling their kids, hey, you probably got better places to go. But South Florida coaches – Believe in what we're doing. We did it with them at South Florida. We did them with it at Valdosta. We did it with them at, at JU. And so they were telling these kids, you know, they got dropped from FBS programs because of the portal. And they said, hey, you know, if Western Carolina Coach Bell wants you, man, this is a great place for y'all to go. They'll take care of you. They're going to win. And so we started having great momentum getting guys committed down there. And it's, it's really continued on here the last, last couple of years. The numbers offensively are what catches people's attention. Um, Now, I'm old enough to remember when you played at Florida and professionally, and college football offenses in general have changed. And I just wonder about your evolution as a coach from what it was to what it is and how you've utilized that not just to win games but to attract kids into your program. Well, it really started, if it's funny, when I went to Florida, I walked on there, you know, I wanted to play ball, right? I was a farmer, grew up on a farm and, uh, with my family and um, went to the University of Florida as a walk-on with eight-string quarterback, wound up getting to start there for four years. But through all of that, man, it was crazy. I never even thought about coaching. I just wanted to play the game. You know, wound up playing 13 years professionally then after, after college. But in my second year, I tore my ACL. I was with the Buccaneers and tore my ACL playing pickup basketball. And because it was, you know, non-football, they released me and didn't have to pay for pay me. And so I wound up calling Coach Spurrier. He just got the job at University of Florida in 1990. It was his first year. And uh, this was two years after I had graduated. And um, 
I fell in love with wanting to be a coach, man. I've seen just the precision. I, for, to me, it never was like that. When you played back in the 80s, you know, you just drop back and find the open guy. But this was more being precise and almost trying to uh, achieve uh, per, 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 um, perfection on the field. And um, just the spacing and the timing and the rhythm of the route and things like that. And so that really got my interest. I, I should have stayed in coaching then, but I wound up <laughs> got healthy for my ACL and went back and played 10 more years of football. Um, but, you know, when I retired, I knew I wanted to get into coaching. And, um, and you know, I've had the opportunity to, to do that. And, and the offense I brought here was Limpy and Fonte when I was with the Indianapolis Colts in 96, 97 during that time. And, um, and then I've used a lot of Steve Spurrier's concepts and things like that, how to implement it. So it's a fast-breaking pro style. You know, we call it a pro spread. So our routes are a lot of NFL stuff. Uh, but we've added a lot of spread concepts and, and the, the ability to go fast with our verbiage. Um, so it's a mixture of both. And we think, you know, we've been, I think we've been the top offense in the entire country two, two out of the 14 years I've been a head coach. And uh, we've been in top five, I think, six or top 10, six or seven other times. So, yeah, we, we've had an opportunity to be blessed to have a great offense. And, uh, you know, I maybe, you know, some guys are worried about keeping the ball and time of possession. I say, hey, it's, when that scoreboard says that that's going to help us win, or if you do that, you won the game, then we'll worry about that. If not, we're going to try to score. So our motto is play fast and score faster. And I don't care if it takes one play or two two or three plays, we're going to try to score as quick as we can and put as many points on the board as we can. So we're going to be very aggressive in that. And it's helped us, you know, turn, our, turn around three programs now and win championships with all three of them. Hey, I want to talk about a few of your kids here. Um, your quarterback situation is where I'll start. Cole Gonzalez is back. He started some. I wonder about Charlie Dean, uh, transfer from Harvard. Man, the numbers were good there. It sounds like you've got two guys who can play. Well, you know, coming into the last year, we didn't think Cole. And Cole, Cole is Billy Gonzalez's uh, son. Who Billy's a receiver coach, been around the SEC, and uh, now he's at University of Florida now. But um, so he's been around, you know, ball his whole life, and um, but he was a true freshman last year. Uh, our, the veteran we had here got hurt, and, and Cole got to get in and step in and play, and uh, he really showed us a lot. The last three games we were able to win, you know, two of them down to the wire, beating the 15th break team in the in FCS uh, in Chattanooga. Uh, and what we found out about it, we knew he could spin it and he could throw it and he could move around, extend plays. He had that ability uh, physically, but man, he showed us the toughness. And I think if you're going to have a guy that people are going to rally around and, and win it big and win championships, you got to have a tough, tough quarterback and uh, a guy who can get guys to rally around him and play at a high level. He proved that last year in those tough games, man, he hung in there and the guys really believed in him. And so we felt good about him. We wanted to add a veteran, um, you know, in the offseason, and Charlie Dean was fit perfect for that. Um, he got a lot of snaps there at Harvard the last couple of years, been a starter there. He can spin it also. So we, um, you know, we had a, we've had an open competition and, um, they've both been back and forth. It's been great, great competition for both of them. It's got both of them better, but we'll, we'll start Cole. We'll start Cole this Saturday and, uh, we'll probably play Charlie also. So they'll both get in and play and, and we'll go from there. Looking at your receivers, uh, Lee obviously is a player. You get Calvin Jones back. I also noticed you signed a pretty large group of freshmen, and I just wonder how you mix all those together. <laughs> well, you know, two guys that came in last year as freshmen that we, um, 
You know, they probably were the misfit, misfit guys. You know, they got both had FBS offers. And they both got dropped because they're skinny and they're little. You know, um, Desmond Reed is a, 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 I think, a phenomenal back. In fact, the South Florida coaches, you'll ask them high school coaches down there. That's uh, he's one of the best backs that's went through there the last ten years. Uh, they're talking about FBS guys, everybody. But, you know, he was off the FBS because on film he has that kind of talent. Uh, but then you go down and see him in person, he's 5'7", 175 pounds. But he's a ball of muscle. He's tough. You know, I, I have no problem getting those kind of guys if they're tough. And he's proven he's tough. He finishes runs tough. Um, and he's he's just a ball of muscle. So, we, you know, we think we got somebody special with him. And, and he was a big get for us. And then sincerely is – uh, we think him, he's an FBS receiver. We got lucky with him. He was skinny also, skinny body, played a lot of basketball, so nobody really knew about him. And we had a coach that was from that area that knew him, and we were able to get in on him. We just got to keep him around, but we think he's going to be really special. He's gaining weight ever, ever off season. Um, this past off season, he gained 10 or 15 more pounds. So, you know, we like what we've got in, in that skill position. Those Those receivers can run. We're not going to. You know, like I told our team, you know, five Arkansas players there and you're here is because they're bigger than you. God bless them with a bigger body. But when it comes to skill, throwing, catching, running, we've got some really fast guys. We That's what we recruit now. they as big as Arkansas nuts. But um, they can flat out play, and I think you'll see that on Saturday. Hopefully we'll get an opportunity to show that. Other side of the ball, um, Arkansas addressed some things up front through the portal. Um, kind of looks like looking at your guys, you you've done the same thing. Yeah, I think anywhere you go, and, and you know, Arkansas, you got to give them a lot of credit. But I, you know, I think to win the SEC, there's two things for sure you better have, and that's a good uh, defensive line that can make a difference and, and depth there, and then a quarterback that can can be uh, you know make unbelievable plays, and you got that there. So I think they're primed to have a good year in that league, which is a tough league. We all know that, but. Uh, for us, yeah, I started up front. You know, I, everywhere I've been, I, when you come into a program, that's the first place you look is O line, D line. You probably that's why they've struggled. Um, the reason you got the job is because they've struggled, and it's probably because of the up front. And so we address those two areas, and I, we think our O line has went from maybe the bottom third of FCS, which is in that 100, 100 range, 130 teams. Um, to maybe we could be a top 15, I think, offensive line in SDS. So we've really improved the O-line. The D-line has got more athletes. We're more uh, got a lot more depth there than we had two years ago. So we like where we're heading. Uh, we still got a long ways to go, but um, we really feel good about what we've developed there as far as our, our depth and, and the talent that's, that's there now. Hey, i got to ask you about your kicker. you got an All-American there. I mean, uh, not every coach has that luxury. Yeah, he's been great, man. He, uh, I think he had about thirty game, uh, thirty in a row streak going. Um, so yeah, he's been very consistent. Uh, Maybe missed a couple field goals in the last two or three years. That's all. Um, we just don't want him to have to do as much as he did last year. <laughs> we, uh, you know, we were top six, I think, with all these freshman stuff in 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 the nation offensively yards per game. But by God, we only scored 32 points a game, and we should have been a 42, 45 points per game. But we were terrible. We were dead last in red zone offense, which we've never been here since I've been a coach in my few years. We've always been great in the red zone. Uh, and then we led, you know, we were, our turnover ratio was, was negative some, which was, I think, last in our league. So 
there's a lot of things we need to improve on. I think a lot of that went back to the youth of this football team last year. We played a lot of young kids, but um, hopefully that'll turn around. We've been preaching that. We've worked extremely hard in the red zone to get back what we used to be good at, and um, hopefully that'll, that'll put more points on the board um, You know, going into this season. Before we wrap this up, you said something, I guess it was Monday in your press conference, that kind of caught my attention. Something to the effect, and I'm paraphrasing here, little guys with big hearts. Um, what's your message to your team as you get ready to face a Southeastern Conference team to start the year? Well, you know, I, I just wanted them to understand, uh, speaking to them last, this past weekend before we really got into game week was, listen, they're bigger than us. That, you know, why Why are they at SEC school like Arkansas and playing at the highest level and you're here at FCS? I mean, just be honest with them. And the, and, the, and the issue is, you know, just like Desmond Reed, when that guy went down there and seen him in person, he didn't look like an FBS player, you know, because of his body. But on film, they offered him because he had FBS talent and skill. So that's the difference. Um, these guys are huge. They're big. They're well-developed. and uh, They've been blessed. And so, you know, skill level, I don't think you're going to see a difference, but we got to overcome the size, right? The individual size difference between maybe a matchup here or there. So to do that, overcome that, you just got to have to play with a lot of heart and grit, man. You got to, you got to say, I'm going to outplay this guy's bigger than me. And you got to want it more. And you got to hand it, stand in there. The game of football is one of the most great, greatest games you play because a lot of times, I believe, you take another man's will. You know, when you're in that one-on-one matchup and it's getting late in the game, you know, are you going to take that guy's will from him or is he going to take it from you? So a lot of mental toughness, physical toughness that goes with this game. And, and for us, you know, even to be able to compete, we've got to show that grit and that heart. Um, and that's really our the, the message to our team this offseason. Listen, we're going to look pretty now. We can run. We can catch. We can throw it. We we can make unbelievable athletic plays, but are we going to be a tough enough football team, a team with enough grit to win a championship in this conference? This conference is tough now. The top four or five teams are very physical football teams. So that's going to be our link. Are we going to be able to get to that point this year and be a tough football team? And we're going to get exposed right, right off the bat with a great football team in Arkansas. You know, you got a quarterback's 250 in KJ and a running back's 240. Uh, we got to stand in there and, and make tackles and make it hard on them. And if we do that, I'll feel good about the rest of the year. Coach, I've really enjoyed visiting with you. You're generous with your time. Thank you. Safe travels and uh, best wishes for the season. Well, and we we'll appreciate it. Yeah, we're flying out tomorrow and getting up there, and we'll be excited about playing the game. I think it's going to be a great day. So, All right. Um, we'll, we'll see, see you then. then. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. That was good. I enjoyed that. You know, you can tell he's a ball coach. You know, he's uh, he's lived it his whole life and uh, looking forward to watching his team play. Don't want him to play all that well, very frankly, but, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they do as we move through the year. You can tell that uh, they think they've got a pretty good team. It's a different division. It's a different level. There's no doubt about that. But um, sounds like they'll at least be a formidable opponent on Saturday and will test to at least a certain extent uh, the Razorback defense. So perhaps something, uh, something good 
will come from that. Now, you know, one of the things that as we inch toward the ball game at noon, one of the things about the Razorback situation revolves around health. You know, the narrative has been, well, they got through camp unscathed. The only player that they're going to absolutely be without is Sam Bakke. And that's true from a long-term perspective. But there are still nicks and perhaps nagging injuries that will always plague you. You'll never go into a game during the course of the season where you don't have one or two guys that are dealing with either a nagging injury or a fresh injury that's not debilitating, but one that they've got to spend the week rehabbing. You're never going to have a week like that, and that includes opening week. That's what Sam Pittman had to say about that. I don't know if Jashad Stewart will be able to play. Brady Latham is still a question mark where he's at, but the rest of them I think we'll have ready to go and all healthy. I don't get the sense that this is something that comes as an immediate surprise and something that is you know, requiring some sort of drastic action. If you go back to the second scrimmage, uh, the last one before camp break, so to speak, and then school begins on Monday. I think it was on August 19th, if I'm not mistaken. The following week, you know, he talked about players who were dealing with nagging injuries, and some of them had to do with the offensive lineman. He mentioned Latham's name there and Stewart on the other side. These were guys that were dealing with nagging injuries, and so they withheld them from certain parts of the practice to try to get them ready for the week of preparation and then ultimately for the ball game. Sometimes we, you know, we fall back on that phrase, I want to make sure they're ready for game day. What they really want to make sure of is that they're ready for the preparation that begins during game week. If you get to the middle of the week and a guy hasn't practiced, you know, you've got to wonder at that point, is he really going to be able to help you? Now, there are exceptions to that rule. Hey, if a guy's good enough to help you on Saturday, having not done much during the week, you put him out there. But not everybody's like that. And so a lot of times you're, you know, you're wanting to make sure that you've got all hands on deck as you prepare for your opponent on Saturday. It sounds like, it sounds like if Latham can't go, you move Braun from right guard to left guard. You slide Tag Keith Crawford into that starting spot at the right guard position. And you go from there. I'm not sure if it's going to be Shambly or Manuel starting at left tackle. Wouldn't surprise me if it's Shambly. Manuel's dealt with some nagging injuries throughout the preseason. Shambly's done everything to warrant a start. Now, I'm not suggesting that throughout the season – um, you know, you go with a guy just because he's had a good week or just because a guy uh, has been nicked up. But in the point that they are right now, um, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Shambly go out there with the first unit. And I still think Manuel's the guy long-term at that position if they're going to be as good as they can be. But Shambly's gained valuable experience during the course of camp. And you can kind of hear in the tone of Sam Pittman's voice when he talks about him that he's proud of what he's earned. And this is a coach that rewards what you've earned. And he said many times the players decide who plays. We fill out the depth chart. They're the ones that decide in practice how much they play. And it sounds like Chambly has earned that time. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, that's the direction they go. 
On the other side with Stewart, for example, look, Deshaun Stewart's a good player, and I'm not suggesting that they're better without him. They're not. Not as good without him. But that is a spot where you got a lot of guys, and you're going to be able to rotate. You're going to be down a guy in terms of rotation. You might play Nico Devalier a little bit more. You know, you may move down in that rotation, one guy, if he can't play. But that's a deep rotation. So I don't know that that spot right there um, is going to have that much, frankly, effect on the outcome of this ball game. I don't know about the offensive line. We'll have to see. To me, when I look at this game, let's take away KJ. Let's take away Rocket. Let's even take away all these new receivers. Can Arkansas win the battle up front? Can their offensive line over the course of the game break the will of the other side? You heard Curran Bell talk about that a few moments ago, breaking a guy's will. I think that's the beauty of football. To me, the, uh, the most beautiful thing to watch in football is to watch an offensive line break the will of the other team's defensive line. Some of the greatest wins Arkansas has ever had came when they broke the will of the other team's defensive line. Can this veteran SEC, in some cases veteran, some cases youthful, can this SEC offensive line over the course of the afternoon break the will of an FCS defensive line? I think that's something to watch for. And can the SEC's defensive line in Arkansas over the course of the day break the will of the other side's offensive line? You heard Kerwin Bell say a minute ago, they think they're better up front. You know, that was their Achilles heel last year. They weren't as good up front. And so they've addressed it through the portal, just like Arkansas has. And um, I think that's the thing to watch for. Sometimes, and it's just been my experience over the years, sometimes that push or lack thereof in that season opener, even against a lesser opponent, can give you a pretty good idea about how things may go. And uh, that, for me, is what I'm going to be watching for most. I know for a lot of you watching college football this weekend is going to involve the television, maybe multiple screens. And those of you who like to wager on college football, I'm sure have filled up your account. It's time to fill up your account at BetSaracen.com. If you've not downloaded the BetSaracen app, You need to do so right now. There are endless possibilities for what you might be able to do this weekend. I know some of you like to bet on the game you're watching. Some of you like to wager on games all over the place. Some of you got action on one or two. Some of you have action on 10 or 15. Whatever your story is, and I'm not judging, whatever your story is, they're ready at the Bet Saracen app, and there are a lot of good ones. Exotic bets, parlays. Bets involving former Razorbacks, pro guys, all sorts of opportunities uh, to win some money at the Bet Saracen app. If you've not downloaded it, do it today. It is Vegas, Arkansas style. They've got a how to play video. They'll get you ready to rock and roll with the Bet Saracen app. Speaking of, this is the SEC schedule. Tennessee, according to the Bet Saracen app, is a 28 point favorite at home against Virginia. That one starts at 11 o'clock in the morning on ABC. Kentucky at home against Ball State. Kentucky minus 26 and a half. You kidding me? Ole Miss at home against Mercer. I've not even seen a line on that. That one's a streamer 
like the Razorback game against Western Carolina. Auburn's at home against UMass. Auburn minus 35. That one's at 2.30 on ESPN. Mississippi State's got Southeast Louisiana. Georgia's got Tennessee Martin. Tomorrow night at 6, Texas A&M at New Mexico. Aggies minus 38 on their home field against the New Mexico Lobos. Vandy gets Alabama A&M, Alabama and Middle Tennessee State. Bama minus 38 and a half. And what I think may be the best game involving an SEC team tomorrow. South Carolina, North Carolina, the Dukes-Mayo Classic. ABC to, uh, on Saturday night, 6.30. It'll be uh, South Carolina, North Carolina. North Carolina minus two and a half. I think South Carolina wins that game. All right, there's a lot to talk about. There will be much, much more to talk about on Monday. For the first time in a while, we're going to have a Razorback game to recap. We'll have analysis. We'll have real stats. We'll have post-game commentary. And we'll have a look at an upcoming opponent. So I hope you have a great weekend. Find you a good spot on the couch. College football is here. We're back Monday. Till then, thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast. Go to hitthatline.com or search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and share. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, How you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently, so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot slash podcast. Easier said, done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.